0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber.
1: I usually say that cell-free DNA prenatal testing is the success story of genomic medicine.
0: Diana Bianchi is the director of the Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institute of Child Health and Human Development and is an adjunct investigator at the National Human Genome Research Institute, both at the National Institutes of Health. In 2011, when the cell-free DNA test was first used in clinical care as a prenatal screen for Down syndrome, industry promoted it as a way to bypass amniocentesis, as if it were truly diagnostic. But as the non-invasive cell-free DNA tests were used more and more frequently, it became clear that it wasn't unusual for the results of these prenatal tests to disagree with the results of an invasive diagnostic procedure.
1: Initially, there was a lot of concern as to why that happened. And People didn't understand that there were a variety of technical reasons, but more importantly, there were a variety of biological reasons. And so one of the reasons why I wrote the paper was that it became clear to me that there was an increasing number of conditions that were being recognized that could be detected by this test that most people didn't know about.
0: Dr. Bianchi is the author of a new review in the journal Genetics and Medicine that addresses how maternal incidental findings can explain discordant prenatal cell-free DNA sequencing results. This is because the blood sample taken from the pregnant woman contains a mix of placental and maternal DNA. So
1: by definition, you're going to get information about the mother as well.
0: This information about the mother is just what Dr. Bianchi pulled together for this review paper. She investigated the situations in which the discordant findings could actually be resolved. There have been an increasing number of publications on resolving that discordancy with more information about mosaicism in the placenta.
1: But I felt that there was an evolving body of information on all of the maternal complications. And I hadn't seen it pulled together in one place. And I thought that it was very important for physicians to have access to that and genetic counselors to have access for counseling purposes.
0: Dr. Bianchi looked at many conditions in which maternal DNA could affect the results. For instance, maternal hematologic and autoimmune conditions can result in test failures or false negatives.
1: So the maternal hematologic conditions and the autoimmune conditions are mainly resulting in test failures because the underlying problem is causing problems with the DNA. So in the one case that uh, I talked about with vitamin B12 deficiency, this is really very interesting because it wasn't known that the mother had B12 deficiency, but she had repeated samples in which the DNA patterns were very, very chaotic. And upon further workup, she was shown to be anemic. And after treatment, those patterns normalized and she got a normal cell-free DNA result. Um, With the autoimmune diseases, apparently both the disease itself and the treatment affects the presence of the placental DNA within the sample. So it causes essentially a technical artifact.
0: And it seems as if the test fails. And then there's a condition that Dr. Bianchi says has gotten a lot of attention, the incidental detection of maternal cancer.
1: You know, when you break it down, it's partly benign tumors such as uterine fibroids or leiomyomas and malignant tumors. And uh, having... Done a, a study of eight women who were asymptomatic at the time of their self free DNA testing, and, and actually talking to them because I personally recruited them into the study and uh, heard their experiences it was pretty dramatic that these multiple abnormal test results from the cell free DNA were actually due to genome-wide imbalance and really the the problem with these um, multiple DNA abnormalities is coming from the fact that either the fibroid or the Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, the tumors are releasing DNA into the maternal circulation and the DNA is very abnormal with multiple copy number variants.
0: As a result, the tests showed up as false trisomies or false monosomies.
1: So that's what was happening to all of these women with malignancies. And they were getting these just crazy, crazy results that are not compatible with a living fetus.
0: But of course, there's another issue with the incidental detection of cancer, as well as other conditions in the mother's DNA that Dr. Bianchi details in the review. And it's not just that the tests come back with discordant results. So I think one
1: implication is that, you know, this is a seven-page paper documenting all the things that can be found as a result of cell-free DNA testing for the fetus. So it's documenting seven pages of maternal findings. So we really do need to be discussing these possible
0: outcomes with the pregnant woman. For instance, what are the implications of finding out through a cell-free DNA fetal test that the mother has a tumor?
1: I think that the issue of incidental detection of malignancy is very intriguing and important. And it is an important question to determine whether it's an advantage to find out early that you have cancer. I would argue that it is an advantage because it allows you to get care as soon as possible, or at least be monitored in a more aggressive way. But there are people who disagree with that. So I think that's, that's an area for further inquiry
0: to understand,
1: is there a therapeutic benefit to
0: be treated early? Dr. Bianchi says there's a great deal more research to be done. But the first step, she says, is recognizing the implications of the test for the mother and recognizing the need for pre-test counseling for women.
1: I have a a fellow in my lab at at NHGRI who is a maternal fetal medicine and medical genetics fellow, and she tells me that that in the community here in the Washington area, they call it the the fetal sex test. So most people are getting the test because they just want to know, is it a boy or a girl, as early as possible. And then they're having gender reveal parties. So in that context, most people, you know, the last thing on anybody's mind is that they're going to be confronted with some sort of unusual result.
0: Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by The Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.